The Vision app is the best place to find a growing range of on-demand audio for the whole family. Your kids or grandkids can listen to the popular radio drama Adventures in Odyssey and two-minute Bible stories called Quick Sticks whenever it suits you. Whether you're in the car for a few minutes or for a longer trip, these two programs will keep the kids entertained. New episodes are added every weekday in the free Vision Christian Media app. If you don't already have the app on your smartphone or tablet, download it now from vision.org.au slash app. Vision.org.au slash app. Vision. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. Christmas is coming up quickly, isn't it? And a special focus today on demonstrating love for a special set of children. One of the big prison ministries has a dimension that really shines at this time of year. Prison Fellowship has a wonderful program called Angel Tree, and it delivers presents to children of prisoners. For over 30 years, Prison Fellowship's Angel Tree program has been providing children of prisoners Christmas gifts on behalf of their incarcerated mothers and fathers and uh, sometimes to grandparents. What is powerful about this sort of generosity is that the gift comes accompanied by a simple message about God's love and forgiveness. And the gift is delivered through your local church, making a great ministry connection to vulnerable people in your community. So uh, before you say this is something that's happening in another part of the world, we're going to be talking about what can happen in your local community, what can happen through your local church over this coming hour. Our special guest through the hour is going to be Darren Painter. Now, Darren is from Prison Fellowship. Darren's joining us. Darren, a special welcome along to 2020. Good morning, Neil. Thank you very much. Good morning, listeners. Darren, I said a little earlier as I was pointing towards our conversation today that there's a pretty amazing story about how this Angel Tree project got started with a lady named Mary Kay Beard. Give us some insights into her history. Yes, Mary Kay Beard. She was an interesting character. She was known as a shotgun-toting bank robber with flaming red hair back in the late 60s and early 70s. Uh, She was one of FBI's top 10 most wanted. And her and her husband at the time were known as the Bonnie and Clyde of Alabama. Um, You know, I can just imagine this tall, slender, red-haired woman walking into a bank and putting a gun in your face going, hey, give us your money, honey. Uh, And that really was her life. Um, She finally got caught in 1972 and was arrested. And when she got caught, she was facing 11 federal indictments and 35 charges and was looking at up to 180 years in jail. I mean, that is just mind-blowing. The interesting thing about Mary Kay Beard and her story is that uh, she was renowned to be a hard-hearted woman. What happened in her experience in jail? It was amazing because she was locked in solitary confinement and the only way she could could get out was to go to a chapel service. And she sat in a chapel service one day and she sort of said to one of the chaplains there, why would any sane person get up at 5am on a Sunday morning and come and visit prisoners? And the answer blew her away. The answer was, Jesus loved you enough to go all the way to Calvary, so we love you enough to come here and tell you about him. That really rocked her. And she went back to her cell and she sat down and she read the Bible and she happened to open up to a verse in Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 26. And it says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove your heart of stone and make you a heart of flesh. 
And Mary Kay sat and prayed that, and the power of God just came in and touched and changed her life. Interesting, isn't it? Because there's an illustration of a hard heart and then this recognition that this is who I really am, uh, you know, in reflection against who God is and what he promises for us. I wonder, because you've had a long experience now, Darren, in prison ministry as a prison chaplain, and uh, you've been one-on-one just uh, taking care of, listening to, uh, just being a sounding board for prisoners. Is this whole idea of hard-heartedness something that you've seen in prisoners uh, over the years? And, and no doubt you've seen some, some hard hearts break as well. But, you know, is hard-heartedness, is that something that prisoners have in common? I think it is. Um, you know, from my experience, I've spoken to so many men that have, ish- that have experienced such horrific life upbringings that their heart hardens and they begin to have no love. And when you sort of come in and just begin to show love, to be, just to, to be a human to them, to be a friend to them, it begins to break down. And then when you tell them about Jesus, my goodness. I imagine that when you turn to a life of crime, and uh, you know, let's, not, uh, let's not tar every prisoner with the same brush, but when you do turn to a life of crime, it's because you've had some things that have shaped you in your young years. And perhaps it's you know, me against the world. Uh, the world has done me bad, done me wrong, and uh, I'm going to turn to a life of crime uh, because that's who I am. It's it's the identity that has been created for me. It's been thrust upon me. I've been shaped this way. Uh, this idea of how people are shaped, I mean, there must be a lot of people coming into the prison system that have come from pretty dreadful backgrounds. Yeah, they are. And I, I suppose, Neil, for me, I look at it and I go, we are where we are today, all of us in humanity, based on choices that we've made, and those choices were based on experiences that we've had. So when you've grown up and you've had some pretty rough experiences, you've, you've gone through some abuse, whether that be emotional or physical in, in whatever way, shape or form that may have come out, you end up making choices in life based on those experiences. And so most, uh, my encounter with most of these fellows, and I was a chaplain for seven years, is that most of them never set out to be criminals. It's just life just led down that path. They ended up, for some of them, wrong place, wrong time. And people who are in jail, and let's include, you know, we've got men and women behind bars, incarcerated, and they've gone through dreadful experiences. A lot of people, there's, uh, I imagine there's some statistics that, you know, you must keep when you're, uh, you know, you're doing the official stuff for prison fellowship. There's a lot of people who come to an encounter with Christ behind bars and they get a life set on a new trajectory and real discipleship happens often behind bars. Oh, absolutely. There are blokes. You can imagine when you go into prison, it's the bottom of the bottom. It's, it's a place that you don't want to be. I mean, in one sense, you're taken away from your family, your support, everything is gone. So you hit rock bottom and when you hit rock bottom, you've got nowhere else to go but up. So a chaplain comes along and, and begins to friend you and begins to build a relationship and you begin to journey on your faith. It's interesting to watch how someone will change in prison to watch them begin to live out their faith. Darren, Christmas is coming and Angel Tree, the program, has been running for a long time in Australia. As I understand it, something like 8,000 gifts were delivered last year uh, through various local churches who'd been part of the Angel Tree program. You've got people who are behind bars, and when they've got connection with a prison 
fellowship uh, chaplain, uh, then somehow or other they're going to be able to nominate their children to receive a gift. This is really, really powerful because I want to ask you about the children because uh, we were talking a little earlier and the way we set up a conversation, the idea that there are forgotten victims of crime and oftentimes we think of the victims of crime as being the person that a crime has been perpetrated against but the forgotten victims of crime are going to be those children of the prisoners who at a time like Christmas don't have their mum or their dad or their granddad or grandma uh, who are with them on Christmas Day. Take us into just the value that you've seen over the years of what this Angel Tree ministry brings. Angel Tree has an opportunity to bring families back together, and that's the biggest thing. That's the aim of the program. So when we deliver the gift, it's not the gift doesn't come from the church. The gift comes from mum or dad who is locked up. So the child sits down and goes, wow. Even though mum and dad aren't here, they remembered me and they bought me a present for Christmas. And it's just amazing to see the joy on these kids' faces. For so many of these children, it may be the only Christmas gift they'll ever receive is an angel tree gift. Perhaps the light switches on when you realise that how do you connect prisoners with their families at Christmas time because prisoners don't have the freedom to go off to the uh, to the shopping mall to be able to do some Christmas shopping and uh, you know do the wrapping and get those in the mail. I know they can't be there, but they you know going to send a uh, send a gift. They just can't do that. So you actually fill a void of what is actually a very important time for every family is what happens around Christmas. Well, it is, and as much as we, we we say that Christmas is about the birth of Christ and Christmas is about spending time with family, which it is, but for children, Christmas is about gifts. And when you don't receive a gift, what that actually says to you is, I'm not worth it. So we're stepping in and we're going, no, 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 you are worth it. And these local churches that partner with us are stepping in and going, no, you are worth it. Your life is worth it, that God loves you, but not just does God love you, we love you enough that we're going to go out of our way to deliver a gift to you. Is it the case that families can send gifts into a prison to their parents or grandparents who might be incarcerated? Does that happen that way? You know, Christmas gifts coming into prison or or is there a blockage there too? No, nothing goes into jail. So um, you, you can, uh, for anyone that's written to a prisoner, you'll find it pretty easily, fairly quickly, that whatever you send, if it doesn't meet the criteria that they have, it's just posted back home. Uh, it's uh, classed as a contraband. So no, prisoners don't get presents. They don't get gifts. Um, in Australia, we're quite blessed that um, Salvation Army does put together a pack that every prisoner in Australia receives. Uh, it's just a small pack of, of, of a, you know, the gift really is a packet of lollies, but to these prisoners, man, they look forward to that every year. Okay, receiving a gift is important, and so we're going to talk some more about children receiving a gift and how you, wherever you might be listening around Australia, because in every state and territory there are prisons and lots of communities have prisons and there are prisoners in there who are detached from their families and there is a way that your local church can be involved in that. And uh, let me just ask you, because we talk about churches being involved, individuals too here, Darren. If you're an individual, you're not necessarily highly attached to your local church, but you want to be involved? Is this something you can be involved in as well, individuals and churches? Absolutely. Well, we're going to be talking about how you can be involved in providing a gift for a child of someone who is incarcerated. 
This is 2020 with Neil Johnson, helping you make sense of life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. Christmas is coming and we're talking about the Angel Tree program today. It's a program where churches and individuals can in fact be the go-between between prisoners and their children. Now this is interesting because prisoners can't give their children a gift from prison but a wonderful, wonderful initiative from Prison Fellowship where Angel Tree creates a bridge between the prisoner who's incarcerated and children who are gathering on Christmas Day under their Christmas tree and there's a present that appears there and it comes from mum or dad who have been incarcerated. Our special guest is Darren Painter from Prison Fellowship. Uh, Darren, let me ask you about the spirituality of this because sometimes we think as Christians, yes, we're there to care for people who are vulnerable, underprivileged, and this has got a really powerful biblical foundation. Take us into what you share with people when we're talking about you know, how Jesus would respond in this sort of circumstance. Well, it's interesting. I mean, one of the favorite scriptures that we have is obviously Matthew 25, where Jesus gives his uh, list of, of um, the sheep on the right and the goats on the left. And he basically talks about when you visit someone in prison. And he says, if you visit someone in prison, you do it unto me. And I think that's really the heart of Jesus. If you look at Paul's writings all the way through, he talks about not forgetting the widows and the orphans. And I know that we think of orphans as being children that um, have had mum or dad die. But you think about it, if you've you've got a mum or dad or both parents that have been incarcerated for five to ten years, you become an orphan. And one of the statistics that they have for children or prisoners is that they are known as the orphans of the justice system. Okay, orphans of the justice system and an opportunity here for your own community, wherever you might be, in every state and territory around Australia, to connect here and to be a really effective minister into the life of children and families who don't have a mum or a dad around that Christmas tree this Christmas day that's coming. The ministry that you're operating here allows the church to share Christ's love. Now, uh, we're often looking for these opportunities and uh, some will be saying, oh, we've got enough to do. But uh, is this something that is a big burden for people to take on or is it actually fairly simple here, Darren? I think it's fairly simple. I love telling the story of a church up in Cairns. So I was a chaplain up in far north Queensland and uh, the pastor of a church I was involved in up there um, back in 2013 took on Angel Tree. So what they did was every year the church used to have a, a free Christmas dinner for everyone to come along. So they delivered the presents and went and bought the presents as a church. The, the women got together, they went out shopping, they come back, they wrapped them. It was a, a full day of excitement for them. Then different families actually went out and delivered and they invited all of the the families along to the free Christmas dinner. That first year, they had two families actually join the church because of the love that they received and the welcoming that they received. They hadn't experienced that before. And for me, that just really demonstrated, like when I think about Jesus, I think that's something Jesus would do. He would go out and buy a gift and give it to a child that doesn't have one because he wants to just show, I love you. There's a big statement that is made in the giving of a gift and I wonder if you've got feedback that's come through the years when Angel Tree has been operating, the sort of feedback that comes from people who have just been observing these kids as they're opening the gift under the Christmas tree and it's 
It's from Dad. I didn't expect anything from Dad. How did he get that gift to me here? I mean, somebody has been in there, but what sort of feedback have you had, had over the years, Darren? Oh, look, the feedback is amazing. Most of the feedback I hear comes from the fathers. So I was a chaplain. So, you know, after Christmas, my first visit back into jail, you would have so many men coming up with massive smiles on their faces, just commenting on how happy their daughters were, you know, or how happy their sons were. You know, my child got this gift and she was so happy. And and the joy on their face that we could bring them and the fact that they sit back and they go, why would you do that for me? Like, I'm in prison. It's not, you come in voluntarily in your time to visit me, but then you go out of your way and you buy a gift and deliver it and say it's from me. Why would you do that? And it's an opportunity for us to go, because of God, mate, it's because of what Jesus did. Now, I saw a photo on your website, and I'll be inviting listeners to visit your website, prisonfellowship.org.au, and uh, there's a photo there on your angel tree uh, post there, uh, kids sitting there and they've got footballs on their lap. You know, a bunch of boys looking pretty happy with a football. Is there a particular style of gift or type of gift that, uh, you know, is there a, a a sort of gift that becomes the more common type of thing that, that people give? How does that all work? No, everyone has their own ideas. I suppose, obviously, um, I always looked at it in my life. i got three children. Whenever I wanted to buy a gift for someone, I'd buy for my children's age group and I'd take them and see what they liked, and that's what I'd buy. Um, Because kids are kids, it doesn't really matter what they receive. They're going to love it because it's a gift. And it's not the case, and I'll get you to clarify this, but uh, just to, just to you know, shoot shoot to the extreme here, it's not like you're asking people, uh, you know, uh, uh, young Johnny is 16 and he's going to have his licence. What he needs is a new car from Dad who's in prison. That's not the sort of thing you're talking about here. In fact, is there a sort of a cap on the dollars spent or do uh, do you leave that to the, the people who are buying the gift as to how much they might spend? Because some people, you know, and of course, uh, you know, take a big cross section. Some will say, oh, what's the minimum I have to spend? Others will say, I want to be so generous because these kids just deserve wonderful love and I'm going to spend a lot of money. Is there a disparaging, uh, is there a dis- disparity in the, in the, the sort of things that people would spend on gifts? There usually is, but we we have a cap and we say, look, spend $30 on a gift and then spend $5 on a card and wrapping paper. So total investment of $35, which is fairly achievable for most families around Christmas time. I mean, I understand for some it's a little bit hard, but $35 is quite reasonable. You can go into Big W, Coles, Kmart, anywhere, and you can actually buy a fairly reasonable gift. Uh, for that price. I mean, you mentioned 16-year-old. No, I wouldn't buy them a car, but for a 16-year-old, I'd buy them a a $30 or a $25 iTunes gift card. You know, like, what do you buy for a teenager that's pretty hard, but a a gift card from some shop, you know, a makeup shop if it's for a woman or, a, you know? You know, when you've delivered 8,000 of these gifts uh, over the previous years, like it was just last year, wasn't it? 8,000 yes. gifts. Well, somebody's trying to keep account of that, so uh, so there's a database growing somewhere. Is there a more gifts required than people to give them? How does this work? Because uh, you're looking for a whole lot more people to, to take up uh, you know, if there's a slack in there, because uh, you know what I uh, what I understand happens is that prisoners 
nominate the children that they would love to receive a gift. That's probably coming through the prison fellowship chaplain. That's getting fed back to a central place. Uh, and if there's, uh, you know, if there's 10,000 prisoners would love to have their child receive a gift and there's only 5,000 people ready to actually do the delivery of the gift, is there, is there something here and, uh, and something doesn't match up? Look, it usually does, but every year we, uh, as it gets closer to Christmas, we'll just ring around churches and ask them to be involved. Uh, we've got some great partner churches where they go, um, you know, we'll go above and beyond. We might have a, a reasonable sized church and, and we can raise quite a bit of money. So we'll raise money and we'll give you some gifts and we'll deliver some gifts, but we'll also give you some gifts or some finances to send to some churches that may not be in, have the finances to be involved, but have the people. Um, so, you know, a lot of times we think about churches out west that are struggling through droughts and stuff like that, where you've got inner city churches raising money, sending it to these churches out there where they can actually go and then minister to the families. The gift itself, then when it's wrapped, uh, it contains a card. You say, you know, allow $5 for some nice packaging, nice wrapping and a card. Uh, this idea of the gift coming accompanied with a simple message about God's love and forgiveness. What does a typical message look like? That depends on the church. You know, like last year in Queensland alone, we delivered 3,350 gifts just in Queensland. Now, out of that, we did our own little mini survey and we found that one third of those kids were living with grandparents. So I look at that and I, I've just become a grandfather. I've got a one-year-old grandson and I love him to bits. But the thought of having to do 24-7 care, man, that's a bit freaky. As much as I love him, I've raised my kids and I'm in that next stage of life. So I'm sitting back thinking, here's 1,100 kids living with their grandparents. For me, a great way for a church to demonstrate love is as you drop the gift off, I notice that these are your grandchildren. We've got this great kids program at church. What we'd love to do is send you out for a free coffee and we'll look after the kids. Sunday morning, drop them off at church. They can go to Sunday school. You go and have a morning without the kids. Get a coffee. Just enjoy yourself. Evidently, those kids are going to love being involved in church. The, parent, the grandparents are eventually going to have some connection with the church that's going to be ongoing where they be, actually begin to build a friendship and a relationship with the church members. Not long out from news, let's just touch on this for a moment here, Darren, because churches, uh, and, and probably as more individuals in churches, sometimes shy away from this idea of connecting with prison families because, oh, maybe that's going to corrupt the environment that we have in our church. But this is what church is called to do, to care for the vulnerable. And when churches actually take on that responsibility to be able to care for people who are in a perhaps a little more vulnerable situation, this is something you're really, you know, you're pretty, uh, you know, solid on promoting that this is what we're called to do. Oh, absolutely. And I've actually seen over, I mean, I've been in the church for 30 odd years and I've seen where what we would call those vulnerable members of society who come in and when good church standing members get around them and encourage them in life, you actually lift these people up to a new level of living that they haven't experienced. You know, when you actually have gone through life and not experienced love, but then all of a sudden you're demonstrated love, it changes you. Darren, before we go any further, why don't we take a call or two from listeners? Let's first of all hear from Anne in Labrador in Queensland. Hello, Anne, welcome along. Welcome along. I love your program and it's very fascinating. Um, what I say, and I've only just um, come back, so I haven't listened to uh, the whole thing, but I think it's a really good idea. It also helps the children to come to know about the Lord as well and 
and that connection when they come out and, you know, that they can then um, get back into um, normal family situations where they can uh, work things out as well. Uh, wonderful stuff, Anne. Uh, your thoughts for Anne, Darren? Yeah, absolutely. And that's the whole idea of Angel Tree is to build that family relationship and get the family involved with the local church. The idea is that the local church will then partner and, and, and build relationship with the family and help them to change their ways. And thank you so much for your call. Our talkback line open on 1-800-316-316. Here's a name I'm recognising, Lee Undy. Lee, welcome along. Hey, Lee, hey how guys, are you? how are you? Good, Lee. Good, Darren, yourself? Good, thanks, mate. Now, Lee, we were talking to you just last week on our Visionathon, and uh, thank you so much for calling in. Uh, you've got a pretty colourful past. Uh, what are your thoughts for our conversation today? Oh, that's why I called. It's pretty awesome. Um, probably not many people know that Darren walked probably six months with me every day, uh, every once a week, every day in jail. And I can see the importance of the angel tree because there's a lot of people in jail that, you know, I've got no money and just giving a kid a gift means so much to them. Um, I support it. Our local church is involved in it and I supported it this weekend. I can't give it enough praise in what, you know, the Angel Tree is doing and also what Darren's doing and still doing. I think it's pretty awesome. Uh, Lee, if I'm not mistaken, you spent some time in jail? Yeah, I've, I've spent, yeah, I've had a few goes at jail, to be honest. Um so, yeah, definitely the importance of, you know, just reaching out to family because family, you know, is what holds you together sometimes when you're in jail. And the biggest and the hardest thing is, you know, when you're talking to kids on the phone and just to be able to give, you know, your child a gift on Christmas Day means so much. And it's so awesome what's going on. Uh, Lee, uh, we heard a little of your testimony last week, and uh, just to, I just want to bring this out because uh, for listeners, uh, if I remember right, you were sergeant at arms for the Banditos bikey gang. Is that uh, was that the, the position you held uh, in the in the uh, in your bikey past? Yes, it is. Yeah. And you had really uh, turned to uh, what, would, what we would all consider to be a life of crime. And uh, that's why you say you were experienced numerous times in jail. Yes, yeah, so I pretty much lived, I was a career criminal. Just lived the life of a gangster for 25 years. And then just had a God experience in jail. I just got on my knees in my prison cell and just basically said, God, I'm done. And it was only like a week or two later I met Darren. And then Darren just walked the yards with me, you know, every week, you know, just listening to my story, you know, wiping my tears. Yeah, it's pretty awesome what he does and what he's involved in now. Lee, I hope I'm not getting too personal. Do you have children that uh, that you were missing while you were behind bars? Yeah, I was um, seeing a girl and had a five-year-old kid. And, and there was a number of times where I'd be on the phone and I'd just be in tears. You go, I'm six foot four. 120 kilos, full of tattoos, you know, come in with a, you know, with a reputation. And here I am in a prison yard on the phone in tears because I'm speaking to a five-year-old boy asking me where I am. So I know the importance of looking after little kids. And that was, that's the biggest thing and the biggest problem we have being incarcerated. Did you spend a Christmas or two behind bars? Yes, I have. 
What's it like yes. when you're a prisoner and you are detached from your family? How do you feel as a prisoner? Yeah, it's um, it's it's a very like somber moment. It's sort of like being in prison is it's an environment where it's just full of hate and anger and hurt. And I fe- I feel when it comes Christmas, it's like a somber. Everyone's sort of sad because it's family time, and no one's got family. We're all locked away. We're locked down. So we're not with our families. We're not having a Christmas lunch or a Christmas dinner. You know, that's it's a time, probably the hardest day in prison is Christmas Day because, of you know, you're not spending time with family. And you've seen this program working, Lee, the Angel Tree program, where there are people in communities, and uh, I'm inviting everyone all around Australia to participate in this today, uh, the idea of in your community there'll be families of prisoners and there'll be children who would love to receive a gift from their mother or father. I mean, it's not the prison, it's not the prison authorities that are organising this, it's a Christian ministry that's organising this. This provides such a wonderful connection opportunity here and so very powerful. I can hear you reflecting that. And, uh, and look, I'm, I'm, going to, uh, I'm going to tie up our, our conversation here, Lee, but just to bring that connection here. Uh, Darren walked beside you after you had an encounter in prison. You found Christ and, uh, and prison fellowship, the chaplain. Darren Painter was there walking alongside you and, uh, and you credit that uh, with uh, now growing stronger in your own faith. Oh, absolutely. And I've... I've been out of prison now for two and a half years and I've still got a relationship with Darren. That's how awesome this program is. Great. Well, Lee, I want to thank you for calling in and sharing your heart with us and uh, perhaps we'll uh, talk to you about a whole bunch of dimensions on another day. I'd love to have a longer conversation, but thank you so much for taking some time to call in and uh, share your heart today on 2020. Yeah, thanks, Lee. Appreciate it, Brad. Thanks, Darren. God bless you guys. So awesome what you are doing. Blessings, Lee. God bless. Wow. I mean, Lee, I mean, I'm so glad he called in. Uh, he's an illustration of what happens. You've got prisoners in jail. They're not there on Christmas Day. And there's Christian people and Christian churches who say, we can fill a void here by buying a gift for a child where the prisoner can't have the connection with their own children and really, we're talking about the forgotten victims of crime. Let's come back to the kids here because, you know, great hearing Lee's story. Let's come back to the kids here. The kids are missing their dad who's in prison. For those kids, dad's not the career criminal. For those kids, dad is dad, and he's not there on Christmas Day. Well, that's it, and that's the, the thing that we don't look at. We, we see the crime, and that's what us as society see. We actually forget the human side to it, and most of these children are looking going, now, that's my daddy. That, that's the man, I sit on his knee. That's the man that gets on the floor and plays with me. And they're missing that man. Interesting, isn't it, that the kids can be losers on whatever level you start to talk about here. Some people, uh, their, their mind will be going wild, uh, you know, well, maybe that child is better off without their career criminal dad. And uh, let's just bring into this conversation here not everybody in prison is a mass murderer. Uh, lots That's of people right. in prison doing time for low-level crimes and uh, even people doing time for crimes they didn't commit. So uh, let's talk about uh, you know the sort of people who are behind bars here for a moment. Uh, give us some insights, Darren. 
Look, there's a, such a variety of people that it takes all walks of life. It's like being in a church. You've got all walks of life in a church. In a job, you've got all walks of life. And in prison, you've got all walks of life. You've, you've got people that come into prison that have done what the society classes as white-collar crime. So you've got people that are, are big businessmen that have, have, may have committed fraud and they're doing time. You've, you've got people that love their family that just couldn't put food on the table so went and committed a crime to be able to put food on the table. The amount of blokes that I have met that have struggled with trying to provide for their family and they've resorted to a life of crime. The connection that can come between a person or a local church in a community with a child uh, who is without their dad uh, or their mum, from what I understand, the statistics would say that they're many, many more times likely to end up in prison than their peers. Do you have some statistics on that sort of, uh, you know, that that way that, uh, that children will grow up without their dad? Absolutely. They say that children of prisoners are six times more likely to end up in prison than their peers. I mean, that's huge. And part of that is because society tends to tarnish the children with the same brush. That's the part that breaks my heart. Breaks my heart in every area because a child is an innocent victim of crime. They didn't cause their parent to do whatever it was that their parent did. They were just born into this world in that family. And now they've been accused and tarnished with that same brush. There's something we love as Christian believers, Darren, this idea of not letting your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Uh, Doing a good work without being recognised, and this is really what you're calling on people to do. The Angel Tree Project means the opportunity for people to buy a gift on behalf of the parents. So when they open the gift on Christmas morning, there may be some mention on there that you know there's been a, a helper in between, but but you're really wanting people to do something. This is something you anonymously can do, but over the years to come, the child will learn what's happened. Uh, the father or the mother in jail will know what's happened. A wonderful connection happens in a time when there's an enormous need. Absolutely. I mean, to, to demonstrate the impact, if anyone wants to jump onto our prisonfellowship.org.au website you can look at the angel tree program and there's a video of a a lady on there that talks tells her story so her father was arrested when she was 12 she went through school and every time something happened at school she was accused of being the bad egg and she was told because you're just like your dad she was nothing like her father but at the age of 15 or 16 she'd left home she got a phone call from her mum to say hey listen there's a gift here from the angel tree program and so when she picked the, the the gift up She sat down and she actually thought to herself, wow, there's actually someone out in this world that loves me enough that went out and bought a gift. And that changed that lady's life. And that's really what one little $30 gift can do. It can absolutely change someone's life. I wonder whether we can explore a moment, uh, something that I don't think I've ever really raised in a conversation over all these years I've been hosting this program. The idea that there is a spiritual power in giving a gift. Now, as I reflect on the fact that Christmas is coming, we know that uh, that at the incarnation, God gives a gift of his son. And Christmas Day is special because Jesus is the gift that we all receive under our Christmas tree, the gift of God and uh, coming salvation through Christ. 
Is there here, do you think, a spiritual power in gift giving that's not just, you know, giving for the sake of having to raise up to the, you know, the marketing and all of the stuff that we've been bombarded with in the lead up to Christmas, this idea of a spirituality in the power of gift giving? Oh, absolutely. And I think it's more so with children, because what you're demonstrating is when you take some of your hard earned cash and you spend it on an item and give to another person, what you're saying to that other person is you were worth it. And for most of society, if you think about this particular world we live in, so many people actually don't think they're worth it. The amount of times I've heard blokes say to me, no way, mate, God didn't die for me. I'm just a a piece of dirt. I'm not worthy of anything like that. And it's like, no, no, no. God loves you enough that he would send his son Jesus to die on the cross. And for us, when we buy a gift for someone, we're actually saying, you have value to me. And that is the most important thing that we can give anyone in this society. So if we take that most popular Bible verse, John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. It's, it's like the most perhaps best-known Bible verse. It's about the gift that God gives to humanity. And so when we talk about gift giving, we recognize there's a spiritual power in what God gives. When we do something that reciprocates that, and we, in fact, in this uh, circumstance, we become uh, the initiators of uh, of a gift a, with a go-between in, in creating a gift between a father and a child or a mother and a child. There's something spiritually powerful about that. Oh, absolutely. I think what when we think of John 3.16, we always think that Jesus gave us or Jesus is our gift. But I love the beginning of that. For God so loved. The reason he gave the gift was the love that he had for us. And I think when we actually begin to give that same love out to others, man, it changes lives. Let me ask you about the relationship between parents in prison and their children on the outside. Because if it's a six-month sentence or a 12-month sentence, maybe you don't get as detached. But if it's a 5, 10, 15, 20-year sentence, if it's a long-term sentence, the connection between parent and child is really disrupted and to the point where prisoners can forget what their children are like as they grow up. What if, what sort of insights can you offer here about how valuable the gift giving is because prisoners can uh, can lose track of their children growing up? Look, they do. And, and, you know, prisoners, someone that's doing a 10-year sentence may talk to his children every week. But for most of us, when you're not there participating in a life, you miss out on watching them grow. So when you went into jail, they may have been five. And three or four years down the track, they turn you know, nine or ten. But your memory is of a five-year-old. So you're going to think, oh, this is the gift that they want because the last memory I had was you were into little Barbie dolls. Whereas now you're a 10-year-old and I'm not really into Barbie dolls, Dad. But you know most families don't get to spend, they don't talk on the phone for an hour a week. It's usually a quick five-minute call. We've had our talkback line open and there's also a question on Facebook that you can respond to. The question I'm asking today, when criminals serve time in prison, do you think their children deserve to suffer or are they forgotten victims of crime? Stephanie has made a post on that question today and Stephanie says, I've had family members whose parent was in prison and I was able to use Angel Tree for their father to purchase them gifts. 
It was wonderful. A young gentleman came to visit them and bring the gifts that their father had chosen. I'm familiar with the program and think it is awesome. The children suffer in silence. They feel isolated, alone and ashamed that their parent or parents are absent. Children isolated, feeling ashamed that their parents are in prison. I mean, have you got some reflection on how uh, the feedback comes from kids who've experienced that? Oh, absolutely. I mean, when a child turns around and says that um, dad's in prison, society instantly tarnishes them with that same brush like I mentioned earlier. So they're treated as if they themselves are a prisoner. They're isolated from the rest of society. I mean, it's it's interesting. You think, you know, I was listening to a, a, an interview the other day and, and a lady was making this comment that she was saying that when your little, you know, when little Johnny comes home from school one day and says, hey, mum, you know, little so-and-so's invited me around for a birthday party. The first question mum usually asks is, oh, where's so-and-so live? Because in our minds, we make a an idea of where you live or what you do is who you are as a person. So when we as parents and, and as other kids hear that, oh, your dad's in prison, you must be bad. So therefore, we begin to isolate these children and begin to push them away. Whereas as a church, I think we should be doing the opposite. We should be embracing them and drawing them closer to the love of God. And, you know, for some churches and for some people in church, uh, there's a major reformation of the heart that has to happen for those things to become more apparent and our ability to embrace those who are vulnerable in our communities. The interesting thing is, while we talk about churches becoming involved in this, whether it's individuals in communities or local churches, some churches then take the opportunity to follow up on those children through the year. So it doesn't become just something that happens on a Christmas day, but these children also have birthdays. And is that the extra dimension that comes in through the year, an extra connection? Oh, absolutely. The the. We've got some churches that have been involved in Angel Tree for years, and that's what they do. This is an opportunity for them to engage with someone in their community that is more than just a one-off engagement. It becomes a lifelong, well, I won't say lifelong, but it becomes a a few years into it where they actually begin to minister and, and reach out to these families, and they send birthday cards to the children. They invite the families along to different functions that the church has. They get them involved in the life of the church. And I'm sure it is very difficult to identify, you know, what happens in the life of that child as they grow older because as they recognize that prison fellowship, that Christian ministry was involved in my relationship with my mum or my dad, uh, that's got to have a powerful impact. Let's uh, spend a few moments here because I know, Darren, that you would love to connect with people all over Australia with their capacity to be involved in an angel tree gift this year. What's the best connecting point? Is it simply going to the prisonfellowship.org.au website? Is that the best way to connect? That is the best way to connect. I mean, you can, depending on what state you're in, you can actually contact our state office. Every state, because of you know the year that we've had with coronavirus, every state has had to do Christmas different this year. Um, so I know for Victoria, for instance, angel tree due to the current regulations, they can't deliver the gifts. Everything has to be posted. So there's an added expense there that we've got to now post gifts out. Um, And our heart as a ministry is that these kids can't miss out no matter what. So they will be posted. And when you said, well, uh, you know, aim at a $30 gift and uh, add $5 for some nice wrapping and a card that's included, 
maybe an extra few dollars for some postage too. I'll just uh, just throw that in on the side. So prisonfellowship.org.au. And is there a, a link there on the Prison Fellowship site? You can go straight to the Angel Tree pro- Project. Yeah, we have across the top, we have a banner that runs with a few different pictures. You'll see the Angel Tree picture come up. Or alternatively, you can just click on the programs and look for Angel Tree under the programs. And just for those people who are saying, I've got so much on my plate with my own family, uh, perhaps if I could give a few dollars into this. So, uh, you know, you say, well, I might be able to manage three gifts. There's somebody at head office at Prison Fellowship who's able to connect that gift uh, with children who will be able to receive a gift from uh, the parent who's in prison and they're nominating those children. So it's as easy as that. Oh, absolutely. It's as easy as that. If you don't have time but you can send us some money, we will take those finances, we'll connect it to a church that will then be able to provide a gift for a child or, or us ourselves. I mean, our offices all over Australia do the deliveries as well as churches. So we've got men and women volunteers all over this country. Well, Darren, it's an outstanding project and I'll encourage listeners to find out some more. Angel Tree is the name of the program. You can find that detail at prisonfellowship.org.au. Prisonfellowship.org.au. It's an organisation has been running for a long time, got a rich history too, and we didn't get to talk about uh, Chuck Colson, who founded Prison Fellowship, but that's another big, big story to tell. But let's uh, point people to prisonfellowship.org.au and how you as an individual or as a local church can make a real impact in being the go-between, providing a gift from an incarcerated person, a parent, and keeping that connection alive with their child. Prisonfellowship.org.au. Darren Painter, uh, thank you so much, Darren, for taking some time to share your thoughts and your heart with us today on 2020. Thank you, Neil. I appreciate it, man. I love talking about prison ministry. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.